0: Part of double P Media, DoublePMedia.com. We're covering the most recent season of The Crown. Make sure that you've watched it before you listen. You've been warned. Hey there, welcome back to Podcast bit. Double M with you. Today we're going to be looking at the score of Martin Phipps for Season 5, Episodes 7 through 10. If you haven't seen those episodes, then you're further behind than we are. We've already discussed the entirety of the season, and I will be giving away plot points for this set of episodes. So if you haven't seen them, I don't want to be the one to spoil you. Go and watch them, then come back. We're going to be here. The video will be here. You don't have to worry about it. Also, have some other news that I need to talk about, and that is we had a contest in our last episode. Go back one episode and check out to see if you are a winner, if you weren't aware that you've won something. Why do I say that? Because we have not received emails from people who have won, or at least a couple of you, I'm not going to say which prizes, which ones, because I don't want people trying to impersonate these people. A lot of them were iTunes reviews winners. And so I don't know the real names in order to call them out. If you left a review on this podcast, I believe on Apple Podcasts is where all of the winners came from check back at the contest winner and see if that is your Apple ID that you use to give us a review and then send an email with your shipping information to matsaudioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com. Those of you I haven't sent stuff out to yet, I need to hear from you real soon. Send an email to matsaudioblog at gmail.com. With a shipping address so that I can send you these gifts. I know a couple of people have sent those in already. Congratulations to them. Your prizes are on the way if you haven't received them already. That being said, you can contact me in other ways too. You can tweet to @lilibetpod on Twitter. L I L I bet pod on Twitter. You can leave comments down on our YouTube videos, which you can find at Double P Media's YouTube. That's YouTube.com slash C slash the word double, the letter P, the word media. And if you're on YouTube, you're getting a whole other bunch of other ways that you can contact me. But the one I want you to primarily think of, especially if you're a winner, is Matt's Audioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S, Audioblog at gmail.com. I've rambled enough. Let's get into talking about Martin Phipps' score for Season 5, Episode 7 through 10. And we'll start off by quickly going through all of the additional music that wasn't composed by Phipps that was in these episodes. In the seventh episode, we heard Fade Into You by Mazzy Starr. And that happened as Diana and Khan are there after the movie. A Girl Like You by Edwin Collins is when Diana is driving away from Buckingham after swimming near the end of the episode. In episode 8... The music, as we are outside the theater of the 67th Royal Variety performance, is actually called Big Show Theme by Robert Sharples. The performance within the Royal Variety event, One Night Only, was performed by Daniel Fiamagna, probably butchered that name, I apologize, and the rest of the Crown cast. It was during the gala, it had the intercuts of the interview going on with it. The Tune Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Let's get physical. That's what's on the TV while William is visiting Elizabeth. And Bombastic by Shaggy also appears in the episode. In the finale episode, a version of Fly Like an Eagle, originally done by Steve Miller. This is the version done by Seal, happening as Dodie and Kelly are getting on the airplane and then, you know, joining the Mile High Club. We also heard "Hers on Mund a tat, By Bach. That's as Charles is being briefed about Hong Kong. And of course, Tchaikovsky, Swan Lake. The main theme, Act 1, Scene 2, Moderato, as Diana is watching the ballet. And we also hear the finale when we are following them in the car. So let's get to some themes here. Uh, If I introduce something in a particular episode, then we will get to... All of the iterations of it throughout the rest of the episodes. This one appears quite often. Fairy tale. Uh, And this is a variation. It occurs during Diana's No Woman's Land speech to her acupuncturist. There are some new elements added to it. And it's really the one that I kind of want to concentrate on right now. Because it is a little bit different. We're already used to instances where the chords that define it are separated twice as far apart as they normally are, like this And we've even heard those tensions, like constantly pulsating eighth notes before, but they really add tension because of what Bashir is trying to do, what this is going to mean for Diana. but I'm talking about this. Dynamics are really important there. the way that they kind of increase in loudness as they go further along but then there is also this bass line that is added to it that adds even more tension because it's outlining the minor chord and it's moving with the chords as well like this and when you combine all of those elements together you do get a lot of tension Then in episode 8, we hear just the chords as the BBC top brass come to see Bashir and his department head. And again, when Newlett gets to the go-ahead and signals Bashir, there's no running bass line, but the chords and the eighth notes are there. And the melody occurs when Diana gives the interview. And we hear it again in the finale episode as Diana has discovered redial and keeps voting for the monarchy. Not a whole lot additional to say about this. There's just a certain duality or a polyality. I don't even know if that's a word. But what I mean is, is that there are several components that combine to produce the full theme. But each one of these different components, as we've seen demonstrated throughout these episodes, can be highlighted or other parts can be removed in order to highlight them so that you still get the same kind of conceptual feeling about them, yet, by removing one part or adding a part, you get a different emotional context or a different kind of focus. Plus, it adds variety, so that you're not hearing just the exact same theme over and over and over again. Back to Episode 7, the cut from the Season 5 official soundtrack, 40 Years. This one happens as Diana is leaving Williams at Eaton, And Elizabeth talks to her private secretary about it. We've already broken this one down quite extensively back in Little Bit 11, I believe, where we covered episodes 4 through 6. Check that out. Or if you're on the Double P Media YouTube, find it in the back videos. I don't think it's labeled as Little Bit 11, like they are in the audio podcast. Also from episode 7, and it's one that we haven't really explored a whole lot because it's named after a character that we really only first meet in this episode, the title of the piece on the Season 5 official soundtrack is called It, Of course, referring to Dr. Khan. And we hear it as Diana is swimming and then visiting hospital patients. And Dr. Khan sees her. And then we hear it again later as he tells her that he doesn't understand what she sees in him. It's a very lovely theme. Kind of positioned as a love theme, I suppose. It has this little trill in it that goes between the fifth scale step and the major third. And it just kind of bounces back and forth. What that tends to do, because the notes are lifting up and dropping back down, almost think of it like a happy heartbeat. Because it is major, it feels happy. As opposed to if it was minor, it might feel a little more threatening. But here it's major, so it feels happier. And then that kind of accompanies this walking up of chords that sound like this. A very simplistic kind of approach here. He's simply walking up the major scale with each chord, keeping it diatonic, which means that there's no kind of irregularities that give pause it's just nice and sweet and then the final phrase of it pretty much goes like the first but there's a little bit more complex harmony which represents a deepening of the relationship that sounds like this Not too much complexity, just a little bit in there. Some passing tones that create little tensions and little releases that all our brain really interprets as pretty or beautiful or lovely. Here's the one version of Haznat that I just simply do not understand. It's also played in the ninth episode when Charles comes to see Diana. And I, I just don't get this continuity at all. But I've kind of given up on continuity in this particular series simply because I don't believe that Mr. Phipps is in complete control of that. No composer ever truly is. A director finally makes the final decisions on what music goes in and where it goes. It's a little bit frustrating for me because these kinds of things rarely happen in other shows that I've been around, like His Dark Materials or even House of the Dragon or Game of Thrones. And the scoring seems much more like it's just about trying to fit a mood rather than trying to tell a narrative at this point. So like I said, I've kind of given up on continuity. So we're moving on to episode eight now. The fairy tale variation appears in there. We've already talked about that. But the episode actually begins with something that is not on the official soundtrack, And it involves a clarinet and an electric piano, which is a very interesting timbral combination, in my opinion. They really lend themselves kind of well. They're both a little bit darker toned. I'm not exactly sure why those timbres were chosen, but the main phrase sounds like this. And again, just hearing it just on a piano is not going to do it justice to the way that it sounds in the score itself. But here it is. So the interesting thing about this is that it is in a six or three, four time signature, which gives it just a little bit of oddity, which I suppose you could say Marmaduke is a little odd. Maybe even Bert is a little odd. The timbrel combination is certainly odd. So maybe we're just looking at the odd couple, one defending the queen and one not. It seems really interesting to me that the choices that are made for official soundtracks are often really puzzling. This is something that is brand new that had never been heard, and many of the cuts on the Season five official soundtrack are new, but there are also repeats of some things. There was especially a repeat between the Season 4 OST and the Season 3 OST, except for the themes related to Diana, because that was a new circumstance. Still, I would have loved to have had a full version of this particular theme. I just think it's kind of cool. The next theme to talk about in Season 5, Episode 8, is another variation of Daggers, which we've heard a lot throughout the course of this particular season. This version occurs when Bashir and his crew are coming into Kensington Palace to set up for the interview. Let me just play the full version of it first, and then we will kind of break it down just a little bit. Now, what's kind of odd about this one is it does have some elements that we are familiar with, but there's not really any melody brought in until it's set up a lot with some of these other motives. The first part is the bass line is different. The bass line goes like this. It's got that syncopated beat to it, something that what we call crosses over the bar, dunt dun 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 that is going kind of swimming against the 4-4 time signature that it's in and what that does is it creates tension this is kind of a tense thing not only are we tense about diana's interview but i suppose we're a little tense as to whether they'll get away with the setup getting past the guards and all of that the other thing is this counterline on top that seems to stop in a place like it needs to continue Those two things in combination are what create the tension. And then there's the chords that we recognize more from the Daggers theme. I've already played the full version, but here it is again, so that you can hear how it all works together. Another theme that we've already covered very extensively... During this season and in prior seasons as well, The Simple Harp, which has several variations, but we covered it again back in podcast little bit number 11, or look for that back in the back episodes covering the music of The Crown, episodes 4 through 6 on the Double P Media YouTube. Simple Harp is the title from the official soundtrack, right? Was it season 3, season 4? I'm not sure but it occurs as Diana comes to see the queen. Just to refresh your memory, it sounds like this. This next theme that occurs in the eighth episode is as Elizabeth and Diana talk, uh, when Elizabeth says to be our next queen, That's when the line, the main line from Duck Shoot, really ties in with the first time that we ever heard this theme, really, since Elizabeth was going to be our next queen. So it was a nice choice thematically, I suppose. We also have talked about this one a great deal. It sounds like this. Interestingly enough, it was also used in the finale as Charles gave his speech in Hong Kong. And again, thematically, it makes sense because Charles is going to be the next monarch. And that covers everything for episode eight. So let's move on to episode nine. Some of the things we've already talked about, of course, but one that we hadn't talked about yet was Fred and Gladys, which is from the season four official soundtrack. The thing that's interesting about this one is there are a whole lot of different harmony changes from the season four official soundtrack. I don't think I really want to break it down too much here. It's just that if you listen to the melody here and you listen to the melody even back in the episode where Windsor Castle burned and we heard it there, you'll definitely hear a difference in the supporting notes, the supporting harmony underneath that really in this case evokes a lot of emotion And the other theme from Episode 9 that we haven't talked about yet, voices. This is another variation. It's happening as the divorce papers are being signed. We also hear the voices cut from Season 4. We hear the melody of it textured slightly differently in Episode 10, the finale, which kind of amps up the tension a little bit. And that's happening as Charles is coming to see the Queen. It sounds like this. Not much really to talk about in terms of the variations, just you recognize it well enough, but the subtle differences give it new emotional context. And now we move into the finale episode. Here's one, Charles, from the season three official soundtrack that was used in two very interesting ways. Not sure how they jive real well, especially one of the instances I've Blabbed so much about continuity already, I don't know if I need to say anything more, but I just didn't quite understand why this theme was being played as John Major was leaving Buckingham Palace and him waiting for Tony Blair, or while Blair was walking through the palace to meet the Queen. I did understand it when it occurred after Charles gave his little speech to Blair, the new Prime Minister, and even during the fact that Blair is talking to his wife while Charles and Camilla are on Britannia. That makes sense. The theme is called Charles. It's always been associated with Charles, but it's been used very weird throughout this entire season. At one point it was used for Elizabeth and Margaret talking about Diana. Here I go on that tangent again. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up. It's still a very lovely theme, kind of sad. We discussed it a lot again in the prior musical podcast, Little Bit Eleven, or look for the video on the Double P Media YouTube, but just to say that it sounds like this. Okay, I'm going to try my best not to say anything more about continuity, but man, this one really gets me to... I was so impressed when with the Margaret episode that we heard this theme from the season two official soundtrack called Be My Portrait being used for Margaret and Peter Townsend seeing each other again. It was so great. And now we throw it on top of the fact that Charles is in business class observing the other politicians in first class. Why? It has to be just because they think it sets a certain mood but it takes away all of the narrative power of the music. Music can be as much of a narrative power as it can be an emotional power. And I know it just depends on what your philosophy is. But when you see it used so powerfully in a narrative way by people like Javadi, by people like Balf, by people like John Williams... It seems very frustrating to me to let all of that be taken out of the composer's hands. And clearly these are director choices. At any rate, we talked about this again extensively in an earlier episode. So here's what it sounds like. A lot of solo horn was being used for Elizabeth this season. Kind of the same approach that Phipps took to Elizabeth in season three and even pulls out the Aberfan theme once again, as Elizabeth says goodbye to Britannia. Now we often associated Aberfan as, you know, kind of a tragic theme because it's about that tragic event that happened at that tragic place. And I suppose for Elizabeth, it is tragic to lose her boat. As well. So I can almost see some continuity here, if for no other reason than that. But just to remind you what it sounds like, and we've broken this down 3 billion times in past episodes. So check it out. But here's what it sounds like. And I will say, and we already broke this down in the first podcast covering season five's music, episodes one through three. So I'm not going to break it down here, but I am going to leave you with this. I thought it was very interesting that they used the cut from the season five official soundtrack called Actually Her. It occurred in episode two when Diana came to the hospital. But because I guess all of the tension is surrounding Diana right now at the end of this season, even though she's barely in this finale episode, they thought it was a good way to keep the tension going into season six, because this theme is a little bit tense. Sounds like this. And that's going to do it for this podcast. Remember that, There will be more stuff coming out on the Double P very shortly. Uh, Bubba and Catfish with Parsec Passion podcast will be covering The Mandalorian Season 3. There is a movie coming out for The Last Kingdom, which is something that Double P covers. That happens somewhere around the middle of April. So shortly after that, you'll probably get a podcast regarding that movie. There's all kinds of other Star Wars stuff. And things that I'll be doing as well. Uh, Wheel of Time is returning. So, Bust and Blockbusters will be back for that sometime in 2023 whenever it gets released. Probably the fall. Not sure about that. But in the meantime, we will be back in November or whenever season six of The Crown is released the final season with a little more immediacy than we've done it in times past Uh, we didn't start till January of this year because we thought we had a tradition that we needed to follow that's not going to hold here we're going to jump right into it just shortly after the new season airs this time around so that Bubba doesn't have to wait around to watch it spoiler free and get spoiled by the internet for two whole months before we talk about it thanks for joining me Take care.